welcome to the Sincerely Mere podcast, the podcast taking a Christ-centered approach to holistic health along with a focus on slow, conscious living, and of course, cultivating nourishing, sustainable habits for you and your family. And I am just so happy that you're here uh, for the season finale of season three. Um, You guys are going to love this one. It's definitely going to, you know maybe blow your mind, maybe it'll trigger you, who knows, but either way, it's going to be good. Uh, I am joined today by Gigi Aspera, or Gabrielle Aspera, excuse me, (laughs) Uh, but she, I call her Gigi, people call her G, I don't know, (laughs) it's a whole thing, but Gigi is also a nutritional therapy practitioner with a background in holistic health and chiropractic. Her practice focuses on supporting women to eat and live intentionally and intuitively, getting back to their roots and finding freedom in a lifestyle of rest. She and her husband own and operate a small-scale regenerative farm in southern New Jersey where they host farm-to-table dinners and events in their greenhouse and raise pastured chickens. Um, So she's living the dream, as you can see. (laughs) Uh, But I'm very happy that uh, Gigi and I were able to connect because we have a lot, we kind of have the same sense of humor, which is fun. Um, And she's just been a really good person to kind of be friends with during this time because she's we'll talk about this in the beginning of the episode but we're she's also pregnant um she's a few weeks behind me yet but uh i've yeah it's just it's just been great getting to know her and i know that you're gonna love this episode we're gonna talk about dairy we're gonna talk about vitamin c supplementation ascorbic acid we're gonna talk about cholesterol which will be a fun one um, and so with that, I hope that you enjoy. Um, here is Gigi. All right, Gigi, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Mir, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, for starters, did you want to just introduce yourself a bit and share a little bit about you? Yes, definitely. So um, obviously my name is Gigi. Most people in my life call me G, Um, but I have been a nutritional therapy practitioner for almost two years. Um, My background really started in chiropractic. I was a chiropractic assistant, which kind of opened up the world of preventative and natural healthcare for me. Um, Even though I was raised that way, that's what kind of made the transition real in my life and taught me um, just a little bit more about what I really wanted to do, um, how I really wanted to help and support people. So that kind of opened up that for me. I ended up finding the Nutritional Therapy Association. And um, just alongside that time, my husband and I both got really into where we were sourcing our food. Um, And so we started farming, (laughs) we started farming regeneratively, which was really just a desire for us to grow our own food that kind of turned into something that we wanted to do for our local community. So now we have Wild Roots Farm, we are in southern New Jersey, um, and we host private events, we raise chickens, grow veggies, all that fun stuff. Cool. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like, you don't have it in your area. Okay, let's just make it. <laughs> yeah, it. It was kind of that way. We were just like, let's just go for it. Let's do mm-hmm. it. Cool. And I apologize if um, I have any shortness of breath. I'm seven months pregnant. Uh-huh. And you're right 
Right, I'm right ahead of me, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, 33 weeks pregnant. I don't know. The, I know. So yeah, like seven, eight, seven ish months. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't ask me to tell you the weeks, the months. Yeah. <laughs> Comparing the two. I'm like, yeah. mm, I'm due at the end of July. That's what I tell people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's actually how we ended up meeting was because yeah. our friend Tiffany put us in a mom group chat and then we ended up connecting that or like finding the similarity of nutrition and that was really really cool (laughs) yeah so cool the internet is a wild place but sometimes it has its perks right yes (laughs) um okay so today our topic of discussion is going to be busting specific health myths um just i i had an interview with someone uh, her name's Kayla. It'll be about toddler nutrition, but she refers to us, our society as nutritionally confused. And I think that's very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not going to get all into the nitty gritty of everything, but we are just going to give, you know, a brief summary of why some of these things that are pushed in the health community might not be the best or are worth considering other options. Yeah. <laughs> um, So the first, I just want to, the first thing I want to start with is cholesterol. Um, And you have a post on this. That's really, really good. (laughs) Um, So if you don't mind, just maybe like a brief breakdown of why cutting cholesterol out of your diet is not going to fix your cholesterol levels. If you want to kickstart the conversation, you can go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, so fun. Definitely one of those topics that I was pretty shocked to learn about myself. Yes. Um, been, you know, kind of cultured the same way that everybody else is when it comes to cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that I think kickstarted that for me was that we actually need cholesterol in our diets to make steroid hormones. So these are all of our sex hormones, estrogen and progesterone, for example. Um, we also need cholesterol for vitamin D synthesis in the body. We need it for healthy cognitive function, healthy nerve function. And obviously our nerves are important for literally everything. They hold us together. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you kind of like dig into this a little bit deeper, you start to, I mean, I think it's inevitable to look at just the food industry. And I started thinking, well, wait, why are we being told to avoid this in general? Does it really cause as much harm as we've been told? And I found for me that at the root of that was the marketing industry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All of these foods that are not actually real foods Mm -hmm. that obviously someone wants us to be eating. Mm -hmm. Foods like margarine, like fake butter, um, lots of hydrogenated oils, things that are highly profitable. Mm-hmm. that are kind of um they're advertised as cholesterol al- alternatives like healthier alternatives mm-hmm. to cholesterol foods that are naturally high in cholesterol right um and they're not even real foods mm-hmm. like you can't find them in nature you can't god didn't make those foods um yeah <laughs> so then i was like okay something is off here right um something is wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that that kind of brings it into 
the point that cholesterol really gets blamed for a lot of what just chronic inflammation in the body causes. Right. And it's not to say that, you know, there shouldn't be balance in the cholesterol, but it is to say that our sourcing is more important than anything. Yes. So if you're sourcing a real food, I feel it's always going to be better than buying a food off the shelf that Mm -hmm. is not real. Yeah. And you might be getting to this, but I think it's really important to note that if you're not consuming cholesterol, your body's going to make it. And that it, those levels are much more dangerous, or like that sort of cholesterol is much more dangerous than what you're consuming in your diet. So your dietary cholesterol is not going to affect your cholesterol levels nearly as much as if your body or as when your body is like making it on its own. Yeah, that's so good. Such a good point because yeah. that's the truth is that our the quality of our cells is the quality yes. of food. Mm-hmm. So the quality that you're consuming in food is, you know, hydrogenated fats and oils, um, canola, soybean oil, fried foods, all of these things that are, I think, more responsible for clogged arter- arteries than cholesterol-rich yes. foods. Mm-hmm. You know, the cholesterol that your body's creating is going to be based off of that quality, not based off of the quality in egg yolks, for example, mm-hmm. or red meat, things like that, right? Yep, exactly. <clears throat> um, all right, anything else to add there? Yeah, you know, there is a actually a really cool story. I um, told my client I was going to tell the story, so I definitely want to. Um, but <laughs> When I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it was a huge moment for me. But about a year ago, I had a client who um, had, she was coming to me because she wanted to, she just weaned off the hormonal birth control and she wanted to get her cycle back naturally. Mm. And she was currently consuming a 100% vegan diet. So it was- We love those. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I tell people I secretly love my vegan clients because they're never vegans when we end Um, (laughs) and it's obviously there's no shade if you're a vegan right yes definitely um but I ended up kind of just having this conversation with her of like if there's literally no cholesterol in your diet I don't know how your body is going to regulate those sex hormones naturally Mm -hmm. um so she was open at the time to taking beef liver capsules Mm-hmm. And at first, that was the only thing that she added in. Gradually, she did start to add in more foods, ended up kind of feeling much better without being 100% vegan um, and having animal proteins in her diet. And now she's an absolute rock star. And I just love to look back on it. Cool. But that's what made the difference. And she was able to get her cycle back, a regular, normal, healthy menstrual cycle, just by adding. Mm-hmm animal products or liver. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Isn't that wild? That is so wild. Um, how long was she vegan for? Just curious. She was vegan for three years, I think two or three years. Wow. Did you ever have a vegan phase? I did not. (laughs) I, I definitely had like a, um, dairy is evil phase. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was kind of the extent that I went down uh, yeah. and gluten, gluten too. I definitely mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. had some restriction around that. 
yeah. yeah I've always loved meat too much <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was vegan for a very short period of time it was like less than a month but then when I got pregnant with my son I was like I need meat <laughs> so <laughs> yeah babies know right they'll do it to you yeah the, they really will um too, with the, just real quick with being vegan yeah. I think a lot of people are vegan for um moral reasons Right. Mm-hmm. Which I, I totally understand because yes. there are so many massive problems with the conventional. Conventional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's so, it's so wrong. I just, I think that the solution to that then is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Other sourcing of mm-hmm. meat, meat that lived its natural life on mm-hmm. pasture uh, and then kind of going down that path of learning, excuse me, more about the food that you're eating. Mm-hmm. Yes, I completely agree. Um, so speaking of dairy, you touched on it a little bit there. Um, I feel like dairy is a huge taboo topic in the health sphere. Mm-hmm. If I tell, I mean, I feel like it is getting slightly better, but for the most part, if I tell someone I drink raw milk, they look at me like I'm insane. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I think that's because a lot of people can't digest the dairy that we're being sold today which makes a lot of sense because it's crap dairy (laughs) uh, that we get at the store. But if, or why, if you had someone come to you and say, why can't I digest dairy? What were, what would be like a couple of things you would say to them? Yeah, that's so good. And it is such a controversial topic that, um, Mm -hmm. but it's like one of my favorite ones. I like (laughs) love talking about dairy. (laughs) I agree. I feel like it's, it's, it's become something now that I know a little bit more about that I'm like more comfortable in actually talking about with clients. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but so I guess getting into the, the dairy question then, um, first of all, some ingredients found in plant milks. Can we cover that? That I have no idea about. Yes, absolutely. Please. (laughs) This is why again, like I even went down this garden path for myself mm-hmm. um and this is not all plant milks but cane sugar um soy less lecithin it's a hard word to say yeah um, <laughs> lots of gums guar gum gel and gum xanthan gum which are mm-hmm. fillers and thickening agents usually derived. irritants yep yeah beans or they're completely synthetic mm-hmm. um natural flavors which are really just an unregulated term we don't know necessarily what's in that Mm-hmm. And then synthetic vitamins and minerals um, mm-hmm. are frequently found in plant milks, which yep. I did not know. Yes. I thought, okay, that's weird. That's a lot of ingredients on the back of that. Yeah, right. For me. <laughs> Just a um, whole novel on the side of the silk almond milk yeah, <laughs> containers. Yeah. And, and there are some plant milks out there that are super, super clean, like just yes. almonds and water or whatever. Yeah, the Malk, M-A-L-K, I think is the brand that if someone's not budging, that's what I'd recommend. But yeah, yeah if someone's not budging, you're saying <laughs> um, yeah, and then I guess there's the conversation too of are is consuming that much in nuts good for you e- either. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because that can contribute to some inflammation too. But really when it comes to dairy. There can, I feel like there can be so many reasons that we don't digest it. Mm-hmm. Um, being the, the quality, being the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
according to the FDA, I read the statistic the other day, approximately 70% of all medically imported antibiotics in the U.S. are sold for the use in livestock. So that's the first thing that's going into conventional dairy. Um, Fantastic. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, and then the pasteurization process. So we'll mm -hmm. kind of touch on the difference between raw and pasteurized milk. Um, but the pasteurization process is, I think it's referred to as HTST, but it's mm -hmm. basically a high temperature heat for a short time um, to kill all of the bacteria mm -hmm. and the enzymes in your milk. Yep. What's interesting about that is that while the purpose of that is to kill obviously bad bacteria, it's also killing all the good bacteria. Exactly. Also killing all the enzymes and the enzymes are what make it easier for our bodies to digest it. Mm -hmm. So that's all gone. Yes. <laughs> um, and then I think there's other reasons for not being able to tolerate it. it might just be other foods in your diet, gut irritants. Um, a lot of times when you have something called leaky gut, which is super, super common, um, just comes from food that is not digested well enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And the lining of your gut is kind of um, needing some support that can mm -hmm. definitely make it more difficult for you to digest dairy. If you're lacking in certain digestive enzymes, either for a lack of animal protein in your diet or for whatever reason, um, I think that can also make it more difficult to digest. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that's yeah. Um, that was awesome. Uh, I think the other thing that so many people don't see or don't notice is the added synthetic like vitamins that they add to pasteurized mm -hmm. dairy or like conventional typical dairy. Right. It's like if you look on the side, the ingredients are milk and vitamin D3. I'm like, always. Yeah, every time. <laughs> My friend messaged me today saying she saw milk that had fish oil added to it. It's like, Ooh. are you, are you kidding? <laughs> Just so, so disturbing. <laughs> um, and it's like, as far as, or because so many people, they can digest raw dairy over pasteurized dairy. And that's because raw dairy still has that lactase enzyme which is what our body needs to actually digest it. Right. Um, and if you have consistently been consuming dairy, like your body is going to be naturally producing that enzyme because that's what, how God created us. Right. But if you're cutting it out and you're chronically stressed out, <laughs> um, your body's going to stop producing that. And therefore you're not going to be able to tolerate it. So <laughs> right. Right. yeah. I think so wild that like in raw milk god literally designed like he gave us the enzymes he gave us all the tools in it that we would need to digest it yeah um being protein the enzyme um protease protease is that i'm not sure how to say that word pro yeah protease i think you're right i can't protease, remember yeah. <laughs> which the important thing is it sounds like this word and it digests protein right 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 <laughs> lipase which digests fat and what yes. is milk? protein and fat so like those enzymes that are required for that process are already in it mm -hmm. they're not heated mm -hmm. out um yes. so that's like that's so cool and obviously important in the conversation of raw dairy is sourcing is everything 
Mm -hmm. I'm going to carry that phrase to my grave. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, that's another thing is because the whole reason pasteurization even became a thing is because people were getting sick from raw milk because the farms weren't taking care of their animals. And it was just this gross process. And instead of making farms clean up their crap, (laughs) literally, probably, (laughs) they just decided to kill all the beneficial bacteria and enzymes along with the bad ones, like you said. Uh, But I just think it's funny how, you know, don't worry about the quality, we'll figure out, you know, just keep practicing yeah <laughs> this way it's pretty yeah. crazy <laughs> keep, keep keep not taking care of your animals keep yes. not being clean we will fix this on our end yeah yeah no problem no problem <laughs> we got this <laughs> yeah, but so. yes yeah um but if anyone is looking for dairy quality dairy um realmilk.com it's been mentioned quite a few times on this podcast but um, I'll put it in the show notes. That's like through Weston A. Price, and that will help you, you know, find a local farm. Are you on Weston A. Price? Do you do raw milk? I no? do. I you am do? a part of a co-op. Okay, um, cool. I I live in New Jersey, so raw milk is not legally sold in my state. Mm, okay. Um, which let's not even go there, right? Yeah, yeah. But I do get it from a farm in Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I tell my husband every day, we just need a dairy cow. That's all I need. Yep. <laughs> that's all I need. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's a great resource. That's actually how I found the co-op that I currently use. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to be sure to, to kind of in the conversation about dairy, because I was in this boat for a really, really long time. Couldn't mm-hmm. tolerate it. Yeah. Um, even as a, as a baby, my mom said that it would make me kind of stuffy. Mm-hmm. So there are, again, so many reasons for that. We touched on, I think, the most common ones. Um, but I do want to make, I guess, just people who might be in that boat feel more comfortable because it has been a step that I've taken in my practice to remove it sometimes for people. Right. Um, either if, like, they're really not tolerating it. And usually it's because there's a lot of inflammation. Yes. In the body. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of digestive discomfort and gut issues kind of going on already that we need to just take it out mm-hmm. for a short time yep. um, and get the body just back in that resting state, um, kind of emptying things out of that stress bucket, as I like to call it, to make sure that they can tolerate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I absolutely love um, Noel Kavari's has like a excuse me allergies guys (laughs) she has a resource on her instagram um that it's fantastic for introducing dairy back into your diet Mm, okay Um, so i i have one as well but i gleaned a lot of information from her Mm -hmm. i know that you had her on the show not too long ago mira she's like Mm -hmm. a big a big inspiration of mine in yeah Mm -hmm. she is Um, great but there, the point is that there are steps you can take to yes. slowly, to gradually, and in a really, really healthy and balanced way, get mm-hmm. it back into your diet. And I think that that's like the biggest frustration with a lot of nutrition and healthcare practitioners today is they're just like, we'll remove it. And that's yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> there's no, 
reintroducing. It's just done forever. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, well, you can't yeah. tolerate it. So you just avoid it forever yeah, along like with a lot of other delicious foods, things that have gluten in them. Mm-hmm. You know, is the answer really to just avoid these things forever? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I just, I see it lead to such so much stress, so many food restrictions and anxiety around that. And then like not ever really being able to truly enjoy your food. Yes, I exactly. And I think so many people just, you know, they, they find the quote unquote answer, like, okay, why am I bloated? Why do I have acne? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, because whenever I drink milk, I break out. Okay. Let's cut out milk. But it's like, okay, why is milk making you break out? Like, let's find the root. Are you stressed? You know, all these different possible, or are, are you suffering from inflammation? Um, whereas like, if you're asking that question about like, okay, why can't I have something with xanthan gum in it? <laughs> like, well, that's because it's literally not a real food. Yeah. It's like meant to disturb your gut. <laughs> like right. I don't, it's completely pointless. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I think that just being a little bit more curious and digging in just a little bit deeper, like not even to the point of like, you know, reading through scientific journals or anything like that. It's just like getting to know your body and finding out how it works um, and why certain foods work and why others don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 100%. I, and I think like, you know, more of us now, I think are going the extra mile to finding out like, well, wait, why can't I tolerate this? Right? Like, why do I have so many food sensitivities? Because I'm just a firm believer. Obviously my faith has a lot to do with this, but I just right. God designed us mm-hmm. to be nourished by food, to enjoy food. Um, mm-hmm. And then he's given our bodies what they need to be able to do that. Exactly. Um, so, and that, but obviously that's food in its purest form, not necessarily what we've done, especially in this country to food. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, not to say that there's not a time and place for removing that in your healing journey and then just being sure to to go that extra step so Mm -hmm. that you can actually live in freedom you know Mm -hmm. exactly um I think the like if you're someone who does need to cut out dairy um for a short period of time coconut milk would be a great second option otherwise like anything that just has like whole ingredients like just start there so it's like if you like oat milk make your own or like find some that it's just oats and water or however it would be made. I guess I've never looked into it, but, (laughs) um, and then almond milk again, we already touched on that, but almonds and water, you know? Yeah. It's like just that, that alone will help a lot of different things. Like, yes, we can talk about like the, um, I don't know if ratio is the right word, but like the amount of nuts that you would be consuming in a single sitting with something like that. But I think that's a good starting point for people. If dairy is just really not something that's working. Yeah. And I love actually goat milk. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. If you want to touch on that, go ahead. Yeah. I was just, um, I think everyone in my life, I feel like knows this about me now, but I just think goat milk is great because Mm -hmm. it, is actually um almost identical in structure to breast milk so yes super super easy for most of us to digest 
So a lot of times when people um, can't tolerate dairy right off the bat, they can tolerate goat. Mm-hmm. And I just like that because then you're still getting, you know, the retinol content, you're still getting your protein and your fat from milk much more than you would with a plant-based milk. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have access to the raw, then that's obviously ideal. And then there mm-hmm. are a few goat milk brands that maybe I could send you more. Yeah. But, um, don't have added vitamins, but then it is trickier to find as well without um, synthetic vitamins in there. But that's mm-hmm. what I like to use in the process for people. Yeah, it does. It does have a specific taste. So some mm-hmm. people don't enjoy it. it. I've I tried it like towards the very beginning of like, you know, trying to heal my metabolism and my thyroid. But I always forget about that option, the goat's milk. And this will probably come out after this whole crisis is over. But there was like a formula shortage for a while. Yeah. And I was seeing that like, goat's milk was like the one of the best alternatives because it's so identical to the makeup of breast milk. All right. So moving on, um, why this is one last question. We're just going to kind of touch on, and then we'll get to like what followers were asking, but you also have a really good post on this, uh, ascorbic acid compared to vitamin C. Why would you recommend opting for like a whole food form of vitamin C rather than just supplementing ascorbic acid? Yeah, great. Um, Another super fun topic that I feel like is a little bit controversial, which makes me like it even more. Yes. (laughs) Um, But the main thing is that our bodies are designed to absorb things in whole forms that they can easily recognize. So, and that's, I think, why the supplement industry is such a, it's just, it's just so hard. It's not cut and dry. It's not as simple as people think it is. Um, Exactly. Yes. You know, it's not, it's an industry first of all, like anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically the, the thing with ascorbic acid is that it's really just one part um, of the vitamin C molecule. Mm Mm-hmm. So the, the first thing that I want to touch on with it is that it is usually derived from genetically modified corn. So not always, mm-hmm. <laughs> but sometimes and supplement companies will frequently do this because it increases their profit margin. You know, if they source vitamins from a cheaper place, mm-hmm. um, and that's like a big thing too, with sourcing from Amazon, a lot of times you'll find this is that it's just like yes. from corn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but consuming ascorbic acid alone can actually deplete the body of its copper stores, which is crucial. We right, have, we're all copper deficient as it is. <laughs> yes, which is something that I'm learning so much more about recently, mm-hmm. and I don't know as much as some, but I do know um, that copper or a lack of copper <clears throat> inhibits the body's ability to process iron. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not an expert on this. I'm actually fairly new to the mineral game, but I do know (laughs) that it's a delicate balance, right? Minerals in our bodies. And, Mm -hmm. and we are so overexposed to iron. It's ridiculous. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things about this that I think makes the most sense to me. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So many things click with, with that. Yeah. Right. I was like, oh. Uh, bread is fortified with iron. Like, oh, right? wait. And 
we have too much iron yeah not you know we're not all anemic (laughs) right like it it, I guess it just makes so much more sense to me that we would encounter too much of it in our lifestyle and just from the food that we get at the grocery store Mm -hmm. um so we're exposed to quite a bit of it in our modern Mm -hmm. lives yes even unfiltered water you know if you think about that whether you're bathing in it or Mm -hmm. drinking it your body's still being exposed to it um but it kind of just reiterates the point that it's really important to not consume isolated nutrients yes but when you consume whole food ones to support balance in the body um it supports the body's process for iron right the res system or the what is it the red red <laughs> do you know how to say that <laughs> Or, or what are, what's Reticulo, it? Reticuloendothelial system, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I <laughs> missed what you were trying to pronounce. No, that's okay. I you said it right. Yeah. You were trying to pronounce it. Um, yeah, we're, we're filming this late, you guys, and my, my brain cells start to just taper off. <laughs> I know we've been on for an hour already almost. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when you're consuming whole food nutrients, it's as close to God's design as possible. And that's what I always come back to is, okay, like he knows better than I do, right? Mm -hmm. So if he designed something for me to eat, if I need to supplement with something that's totally fine, I'm not against supplements. I think that there's absolutely time, absolutely please, I take them myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's important to recognize that when you're just getting one, it can often deplete something else in your body. Yes. Um, like ascorbic acid, like zinc, mm-hmm. um, like calcium, a lot of these things that recent research, research is really proving that they're doing more harm in our bodies than good. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we consume a whole food vitamin C, it's actually the most nutrient dense source of copper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's so cool that like God made in vitamins like he, they're together they're for yes. a reason it's good for us to have a balance um and what else was I gonna say about iron we just want to support our body's ability to process iron yes so that we end up with it in the right places so that it's mm-hmm. in our blood and doesn't get stuck in our tissues Mm-hmm. One of the ways that we can do that without getting too overwhelmed or complicated into that discussion is just by making sure that we're also consuming bioavailable bio copper. Right. Um, so then what would, what would be like some good whole food sources for vitamin C that you'd recommend to people? Um, yeah, I mean, I well, as far as supplement, I really like Mitolife's. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, supplement but gosh there's so many sources of whole food vitamin c yeah um i know the perfect supplement is another like quote unquote supplement they have like their acerola cherry powder or something which is a powerhouse um oj (laughs) oranges most fruit the one that most people think of yeah um but other, other um, fruits as well, strawberries are, I know bell peppers are actually a pretty rich source. Mm-hmm. 
uh, vitamin C. And you know what the unsung hero is? Potatoes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I always forget about potatoes. <laughs> right? Like just a plain white potato, one of the cheapest foods out there. Yeah. I forget about with potato. That's a good source of potassium too. I forget about that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rose hips are also a good one if you're artsy and like <laughs> herbal things. Artsy. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah. Those are a few off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, okay. So moving on we'll get to some follower questions. We've been talking for a while. So <laughs> this, is, this is a really good episode. Um, okay. So the first one, why do I get bloated after eating gluten? Am I gluten intolerant? You have already somewhat touched on this. So if you want to expand a little bit more. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. And I think most of us feel that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. a super common way to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, there could be definitely a lot of reasons for it, but I think the most common are um, looking at the other foods in your diet. So kind of back to the enzyme discussion, um, do you have the right digestive enzymes to be able to digest this? Mm -hmm. But that might even not be as common as the quality and the sourcing, because I happen to think that gluten is not necessarily the problem as much as it is glyphosate, which is on all of our bread essentially if you're getting conventional bread it's going to be covered in um, pesticides and then that's going to be much harder to digest than like for example a homemade sourdough loaf which again has kind of with the raw milk discussion has um, probiotics and it has some other things in it that um, your regular like white bread or wheat bread at the store doesn't have Right. Um, so I would say that's a big one. Inflammation is huge. Your stress bucket, mm-hmm. which I'll go a little bit more in depth with that, is that just that your body, you know, we're designed to handle so much. Our body right. truly, truly incredible. Yeah. And meant, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like when you look at how much most of us deal with on a regular basis and that we're still functioning, even it just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you think of it as a bucket, so you want this bucket to be empty, but lots of different things go inside of it, right? Like you could have gotten in a fight with your spouse and that kind of goes in your bucket, or you had an uncomfortable confrontation at work. So these are emotional things that go in your bucket. And then you, you know, let's say you ate something that your body is slightly allergic to. Mm-hmm. You have a food sensitivity, right? That's in your bucket. Or you had coffee and then you didn't have time to have breakfast and your blood sugar just like went crazy and then dropped you and now you're exhausted. Yeah. That's in your bucket. Um, so all these different things for just the sake of time, whether emotional or physical, can kind of fill up. And then our bodies are, are overwhelmed. Yes. So they're kind of at a point where now the straw broke the camel's back and everything is triggering and, and we're not at our optimal capacity to be able to handle things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because there's, there's just too much going on in our body saying, all right, I need help. I need a break. And so that, I think that's when the most common, like 
issues with digestion, issues with certain food groups come into play. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that that's the only reason, obviously, for a gluten sensitivity, but I do think it's like so much more common and has to be talked about, right? Like it's not people's favorite thing to talk about because it can be so many different things, but we really do have to take, excuse me, a holistic look at the body. Like we function as whole beings. Mm-hmm. We can't just look at our diet. We can't just look at our stress level. We have to kind of include all of these things when it comes to assessing how our bodies are handling certain foods and just our ability to live with a high quality of life. Yes. Um, so I think that's a big one, but coming back to um, God's design again, is that we, we know bread is not inherently evil, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Jesus wouldn't be the bread of life. (laughs) Right. God could have used any other food he wanted to. Yep. (laughs) Bread, breaking bread in the Bible. And again, we just have to realize that the bread in that time is not the bread that comes in plastic that we buy on the shelf at the store. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I hope that answers the question. There can be a lot of different things, mainly with the quality and then the other things in your diet. But I do believe that we can get to a point unless you haven't, you know, there are certain conditions, celiac being a big one. We could get into reasons for that. Um, but there are definitely reasons that it might be more difficult for your body to process. Uh, it's not, um, you can't really make generalized statements with this discussion, right? Right. Yeah. And if you're someone who struggles with celiac or has celiac, um, Ashley, her handle on Instagram is simple, holistic, simple without the E though. So S I M P L and then holistic. Um, she overcame celiac and she, she doesn't talk a ton about it, but I think she does have at least like one highlight on it. Um, so you could definitely check that out if that's something that you're like really intrigued by, or you'd like to, you know, try to get a handle on. Yeah. Uh, I know that's, I, I know it's a little, controversial talking about that celiac specifically but just a resource for people who are wondering yeah her story is really really cool I agree yeah even for all lots of different autoimmune stuff you know that that doesn't have to be your story right right exactly um okay that was a great answer I think the the biggest thing you already said but um yeah the sourcing is just gonna be like even just getting like if you have a local bakery, most places do have a local bakery. Sometimes it's harder to find like a local farm, but um, getting like a local sourdough or even just like a locally made bread would usually sit better yeah. for most people. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And if yeah. you need to take, you know, if you need to work with a practitioner to take some time to right. really mm-hmm. get to the root of healing that, that's mm-hmm. absolutely great to do. Yeah. Um, or find, you know, if you want to start out with a bread that might be a little bit cleaner, uh, um, <laughs> what, what you can do is find someone in your community who loves to bake, find someone who, you know, if that's not you, if that's not your game, baking bread intimidates the crap out of me. So yeah, I've never tried it either. <laughs> Someday I will, but <laughs> I'm all about it. I love people that do it, but I barter eggs for bread. Oh, with oh that's food. awesome. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, think outside the box a little bit. Don't be afraid yeah. to get in there and see what you can do. Yeah. And as far, like, 
as far as ingredients and things like that, if you're, if you are buying from the store, make sure you're avoiding the ones that have like the fortified flour in it with the extra yeah. iron and the other garbage that they try to tell you that you're deficient in. <laughs> yes. um, when in doubt, is it a real food? Can you pronounce it? Can you read yes. it? Mm-hmm. Do you have to Google what this means? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, okay. So then hopping back to the vitamin C discussion, mm-hmm. do you, would you say that you could get enough vitamin C through whole foods or would you recommend a supplement? That's a great question. I, you know, I think it depends on your diet first and foremost. Um, I will say that I personally supplement with it right now, especially because I'm pregnant. Um, so I want to make sure that my body's getting that because it's got a lot going on right now. I'm going to be more susceptible to, um, illness. Yes. It'll knock you out when you're pregnant. <laughs> I have that experience. It was not a fun week. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. You did actually. Um, <laughs> that's why we had to reschedule our first one. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I would say that it's something that is pretty easy to supplement in whole food form. And the main reason I would recommend supplementing with it would be for the copper. Right. Um, it is so good for your immune system. If supplementing with it, not all the time, but if you wanted to ramp it up during cold and flu season, I think that's a great idea. Um, yeah, because that's when your body is going to kind of want it more anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the short answer to that would be, I do recommend supplementing with it because I think that it's hard to get enough in our diets today. Um, also depending on where your, most of your food is from, you know, because conventional food, a lot of times there's less nutrients in it because there's less nutrients in the soil. Right. Um, Which is a whole nother thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to stay on task here. Yeah. Um, But, but yeah, I think it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So if this is the next question, if I can stomach dairy that has added vitamin D, is that still better than not getting milk in at all? We can't afford raw or quality pasteurized. Hmm. I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I think honestly, that's a great question. Um, I would say if you can source an organic milk um, that is a whole milk, not like a 2%. We don't want any of that. If it's like a whole, whole milk and that's what you can do, then I would say, I would say, yeah, do it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that's a, and that's a personal question too, because we, I have to recognize that we can only do what we can with what we have. Right. Exactly. Um, and I would just make sure, I guess, to answer that is that you're getting a lot of fat in your diet. So you're getting a lot of vitamin D in your diet. Exactly. Um, you know, that's going to be super important with that because a, a properly sourced milk is going to be a really rich source of fat, protein, and vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And if you're producing vitamin D from the sun, but not getting enough of that in your body to absorb it, then that vitamin D will start to take calcium from your digestive tract and also from your tissues, which is kind of one of those things that's going to start to cause an imbalance. So I don't want to get too off topic with that, but yeah, do what you can with what you have. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what would you say to that? Mary? Yeah, I, I'm pretty much the same answer. I, I would also add it or just like stress or reiterate that if you, if, if you're getting this milk that has vitamin D and you're tolerating it and it's good and you feel good when you have it, like, don't let that stress you out. Like, don't think like, okay, I need something better. Like I need, uh, this still isn't good enough because if you have that mindset, eventually this milk is definitely not going to work for you because the, like you mentioned a, um, your stress bucket, mm-hmm. like once that reaches its peak, you know, it's like then certain things like synthetic vitamin D are not going to, you know, be able to properly be of proper use within the body. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as if you hear this answer, mm-hmm. just no, don't let those little things stress you out. Like you can work towards something like a quality goat's milk or a raw or quality raw cow's milk, like things like that. Like it doesn't have to be perfect right away. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really such a good point because the truth is that there's always going to be something right. Exactly. Like we're still not there. We never will be there. Like it's, it's a constant process. It absolutely is. And you have to approach it with balance. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be so unhealthy in your mind about food that you're eating the most nutrient dense things on the planet. And your body is not going to know what to do with them. Your body is, yeah. is still not going to be able to function the way that God designed it because your, if your mind is not there, like that's the most important thing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that really should be the top priority before we even start talking about food and because everything starts with the way that you think right your body will respond to that your body will follow suit with that Mm -hmm. so if you are doing the best that you can for your family then you absolutely should just be confident that you're doing the best you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um exactly and it it is I hate to use the word again because it's such a buzz buzz buzzfeed like word now but if you're approaching your body holistically as a whole being and you're healthy, your approach to health is lifestyle approach. Right. Um, then like, that's the least of your concerns. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Um, okay. And then the last one I have is, can you expand more on why grass fed is so important? So that would be literally like milk, meat, all like any sort of protein source. Yes. Yeah. That's a great question. I was going to say, you'll, you'll probably love this. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I do love that question. Um, well, we should start, I guess, with the, we can just start with a couple different examples of animals, but assuming you're talking about beef, first of all, sure. because that's the most, most of the time was described as grass fed. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want grass-fed because cows are herbivores. They're designed to eat grass. 
Um, if your food does not say grass fed, then it was given grain and it was probably given grain, soy, and corn, um, along with steroid hormones. We touched on that statistic. I know that there is a ton of antibiotic use, um, within livestock and they do it because it produces unnaturally quick weight gain. Um, so it's much better for profit margin and they give them antibiotics usually to make up for a poor diet and living conditions. So when you think about that, like, it's kind of sad, right? Like Very. not the life that the cow's designed to live. And obviously you, you know, that's not going to do good things in your body either. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but that's why we want it to be grass fed. And, and truthfully, guys, the best case scenario is knowing who's raising your food. Yeah. So I'm just such a big advocate for getting back to that in every different way that we can of knowing, you know, the, the person, because then you don't need the labels, right? If you know what's going into it. But I also recognize that we live in a modern world and not all of us have access to that right away. So that's when being knowledgeable about the labels that you read at the grocery store does become important. Mm -hmm. Um, Because now today, even if, even if that label doesn't say 100% grass-fed or grass-fed, grass-finished, they can still um, be raised in cages and fed grain. So exactly, you know, labels like open range, grain-fed, um, they don't guarantee a life that's natural for a cow. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely tricky. Don't be mm-hmm. discouraged. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Oh, my only point was and you already kind of said this just in a different way, but like what the animals getting fed, that's what you're being fed. So like if they're getting pumped with like antibiotics, hormones, corn, soy, you know, you're get, you're essentially eating that yourself. Um, So like, if you are, I mean, granted, like it will be, it's, I think eating meat, even if it is conventional, it's would still be better than not having it at all in some cases, but, um, ultimately that's the word I was looking for. Ultimately grass fed is going to be like the best, uh, the easiest to digest, you know, it'll have the most nutrients, bioavailable nutrients. Um, and that's ultimately like what we're looking for is the bioavailable, um, nutrients. So, Yeah, right back to that, Um, our bodies wanting to be able to absorb things that they can easily recognize. Exactly. Um, And that's going to be the easiest for the body. And and there are are really cool kind of outside the box affordable ways to do this with grass meat. Um, There's a lot of co-ops nowadays. You can kind of buy a share. There are companies that do it. Um, You can go in with you know, three different families and buy a cow. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you have any specific resources for that. I'm sure I can find one. Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I don't really know. I have never uh, actually sat down and done the math for things like this, but mm-hmm. you have like subscription services like butcher box. Um, I know thrive market has like bundles of grass fed yeah. that you can do. The cow thing, I think the cow, like going in and buying part of a cow is like easily the most affordable, like best thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't even get my husband to do that because it's like, it's a lot like right away. 
but it would yeah. last you like so long and it would be so much more affordable than, you yeah, know, it at, really at, depends what is best for your lifestyle. Exactly. It's like, do you have the freezer space to keep half a cow in your freezer? Right. Right. <laughs> Things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what are the, a surplus store. I've been hearing a lot about that. I don't know if they would sell like grass-fed beef, but you could, I know they have like other like quality grass-fed butters and things like that. Like if you get, I guess, quote unquote lucky, but yeah. I've, I've been hearing some buzz about those lately that you could try. Yeah. That's really inter- an interesting point too. A lot of times what I find myself doing at the grocery store is that I will buy for proteins for dinner what I can find the best source of that week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, you know, it, it is a hit or miss in my local stores. Um, but for example, if I can find a wild caught fish, right. But I can't find any grass fed beef, I'll buy the fish and I'll buy chicken, you know. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a great idea. Mm-hmm. Other things like that, because it really depends on your area, what you have access to. Right. Um, I find that ground beef is pretty easy to find grass fed mm-hmm. typically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a, something that you can do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So that was all the questions that I had. <laughs> wow. Um, no if, way. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, unless you have anything else you want to share, you can go ahead and tell us where we can find you. Um, how one could work with you if they wanted to do so. Yeah, this was so fun, Mayor. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, my um, pleasure. To chat about all my favorite things. <laughs> um, I guess if I could just leave with any notes for the listeners, it would be that your body was designed for this. Your body was designed to heal. Um, I know that it can sound kind of complicated and there's a lot of, there's a lot of controversy out there, you know, like there's always going to be information that's conflicting. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of just the world that we live in, but, you know, research comes out, new things come out every day. Like I'm learning and unlearning things that I thought were true all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess I would just say, be open to that. And know that like we are designed to live in freedom with food and um, it doesn't have to be stressful. Yes. You know, like this can be a joyful process. This can be a process that is um, a journey because it is, it's not linear. It's not something that is a quick fix. And I think you would probably agree with that in your practice as well. It's absolutely is going to require your time and attention, but something that you will just reap far more benefits than, than you even realize Yeah, Uh, for yourself generationally. It's really just such a pleasure to be able to, um, nourish our bodies and to know what nourishes our bodies. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's kind of the cornerstone of my practice. If you want to call it that just kind of finding intentionality and freedom and in that lifestyle, um, and the only resource I have is my Instagram. Which is a, a great resource. You have <laughs> a lot of really good content on there. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a mixture of my personal life and thoughts and 
food, which is just kind of how I am. It's all intertwined. Yeah. Um, Same here. Yeah. I just feel like it's, it makes sense that way, but yeah. um, that is Gabrielle East Farah on Instagram. I'm sure Mira will link it. And my website is there as well. If you're curious, I would love to connect with you guys. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Gigi. <laughs> um, we are, yeah, we will talk soon. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Thanks again, Mir. This was awesome. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review. Everything I mentioned today will be linked in the episode description below. If you would like to keep up with my day-to-day life, you can find me at SincerelyMir on Instagram. Thank you.